episode 80 of the Oil Game podcast. Uh, we're back here in the studio. Me, yeah. Faris, and John. Closing in on a century of yeah. podcasts. We're getting there, John. We're getting there. Which is absolutely nothing. It's like if I listen to a lot of podcasts, and yeah. a lot of them have been around for a while. And it's always funny to like, uh, most of them have like the same intro. And it's like, welcome to episode 738. And you like barely notice it. But like yeah. when, you, when you catch it, you're like, How, what? How many? Just absurd. One one day we'll be like the one piece of podcast, Faris. We'll go to old age until it's episode 3000. I really hope not. <laughs> anyway, how are you? What game have we been given uh, Yeah, this week from the uh, our overlords? Uh, good. Uh, it's, well, it's a Monday. It's... Quite a Monday feeling I had this morning, but... Good, got a lot done. Uh, sorry, that's quite a general. This isn't good for the listener, is it? Um, good. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about it in, uh, in what we're playing, but just Baldur's Gate 3 is on my mind and in my free time, and it's great. Um, I did also give some nice food on the weekend. It was nice. Nice, just good weather. What about yourself? How you been? I, I, I had a nice weekend as well, uh, trying to enjoy the last, uh, I don't know, last breath of summer. Yeah. Um. And also, I've been playing way too many video games in the last few weeks, so I, yeah. I touch grass. Yeah I, yeah, I know what you mean. The weather was so amazing this weekend, and it got to a point where I felt guilty. Yeah. So I just made myself walk to the shops at four or something. It was actually like to a point with me where I was like, I just can't do this anymore. It's like, as much as I am having a great time, I was like, I, I've played like hundreds of hours of video games in like a month. Yeah. I need to... I need to take a little break. So I barely did any on the weekend. That's what my summer holiday was good for. Just giving yeah. my eyes a rest for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's true. Mine as well. I, I played like a couple of hours of Zelda and that was about it. Yeah, I still brought a Switch for Zelda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, the, you can't go without it. But I yeah. mainly use it for like my tra- like uh, commutes. Uh, okay. Not commutes, like travel time, you know, when you're in the plane. Yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, um, it's been nice. Like I said, it's a, it's a very Monday feeling, but we're we're about to wake up, John, because we have a lot of I think interesting stuff to talk about. Interesting news, and we're in a we're in a small uh, like breather period of whoa. We just had the crazy month of August for games, uh, early September, you know, including Starfield in that August, and now we've got a small breather for like three weeks, which. I mean, we'll be doing a lot of work and preparation that time, so it won't feel like a, a break too much. But it's still like nice, at least for playtime, out of work, my own gaming, just to relax into things for a few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the calm before the storm because October is going to be so crazy. Um, just every time I think about the release schedule, I get like shivers. Uh, you know, like one week Assassin's Creed, then Spider-Man and Mario, and then yeah. Alan Wake. It's There's be... some stuff that I'm just going to have to miss. Like Mortal yeah. Kombat, I'm just going to have to say sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, for sure. Um, but yeah... Should we should we start talking about the games we played? Do you want to do, do you want to talk about Baldur's Gate? I mean, I I could go you on. I don't really think I, I do. I well, I finished uh, one of my playthroughs that was on. I didn't realize how seamless the cross save function was. So I had a save on PC that I was like, well, I know I'm going to play on PS5, so I'll give up on this because they had said you can't cross play yet. They're going to hopefully bring it in one day. So I assumed like the save files wouldn't work. Yeah, but it does. Uh, if you link your Larian account, you can just play on both. So I finished my original one on PC and then I started a new one and I got to act three on that new one. I've been playing a ridiculous amount as well. I don't really need to add, my one thing would be, my first like real genuine complaint is that they, I know, they, uh, I think they were um, disingenuous with their minimum system requirements (laughs) because my PC I was playing on originally was within the minimum spec, like barely, but it was technically within 
And now I've seen the city playing on PS5, which is seamless relatively. It won't be as good a frame rate as an absolute rig of a PC, but it's it's a seamless, good experience. I now realise my PC absolutely was not within what can be called minimum specs. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be my only my first real genuine complaint against it. I still have not seen a single image or second from the actual city of Baldur's Gate. Yeah. And I'm very excited to eventually, maybe soon... Uh, now in this little down period of games um, come back to the game because I literally stopped right at the end of Act 2 when everyone is like uh, you have like this big mission that you're doing right yeah yeah you're attacking a certain place and afterwards everyone's like okay it's finally time we're going to Baldur's Gate now yeah and I'm like Yes, amazing. Uh, Armored Core's coming out. Uh, stuff is coming out. And I haven't touched Ball Skate in like three weeks or so. So I'm really excited to check it out. But I heard that like on the technical level, it's it's a bit of a mess. Just because so, like it's, it's so huge, right? Yeah, so it's, it's clearly what they've had is they were doing an upper city that they had to cut. So they've brought a lot of quests and people into the lower city. And the lower city is split into two regions. When before the patch, uh, before the first, or patch two it was, uh, which was the one that PS5 launched with, so after a month of PC release, that's when they fixed most of the bugs. So the, it's not buggy now, but it's not well optimized. Yeah. So you really need a a beast of a of a PC or like a Series X, whatever. You, you need you need a good platform to play the city on because it's just so dense. Like it's not buggy yeah. now, but it's just like there's just so much shit going on within every like square meter, and it's uh, bigger than the other regions, and it's split in two still. Yeah. So it's just yeah, it's not well optimized. No. But it's fine on PS Five. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Awesome. Um, yeah, I heard the I PS5 was... version is really good. Yeah, it is really good. Um, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's been going fine, actually. I think with controller, I was like a bit scared about making the jump to controller because it's lots of radial menus. Yeah. And I thought it'd be a lot longer. But they're actually putting up like, some really good accessibility features. Like, there's one I might have spoken about on the pod, I don't know. But when you're on controller, if you, like, hold X, like a, like a cone, for, a circle from you, like, emanates, like, an AOE effect for, like, 10 metres when you hold it down, and then it brings up a list of, like, all the items you can pick up within that space, oh, and then you can just press dope. X from a drop-down to pick them up or, you know, more options to send to camp or whatever. So they've put in stuff like that to act, and it actually makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And actually, now, the more I've played, it's more like that thing we found with Diablo where... Some parts of it at least feel more fluid, just yep. not clicking where I want to go, but just with the analog stick, just floating around with the yeah. movement, going where I want to go. Yeah, uh, I wonder how I what I would think about the movement because with the mouse it was sometimes a bit cumbersome and like a little fiddly if you yeah. go around if you have like layers to a building. For yeah, example. or if you, yeah, exactly. And you're trying to sleep. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. know the same thing where because it, it, it when you move with your cursor and it sometimes clips into the second floor and then you see the second floor you don't yeah. see your characters kind it, of thing. And you can't really control the camera in the way that I would like it to. No, um, you don't get much. You just yeah. really get zoomed in and out. <laughs> um, yeah, but so it's good. going on PS Five and finally I can play the city, um, and it's going great. And my friends on PS Five are playing, so just having this group of people who yeah. are excited and That's talking cool. about it is a really fun thing when you're playing the game I, I'm trying to think there was like one game I can't remember which one it was where uh, it had a similar thing with the loot where it would show you all the loot around and you could like collect it all yeah. in one go I'm trying to think if it was The Witcher but I think The Witcher was the opposite where you had to individually and, find and claim yeah, I don't remember I, I I always love to think as Sekiro did where you can hold a button and it will like 
the character will literally, literally suck in all the loot. Well, that's even money. one step cooler. I really yeah. think we need more of this stuff. I feel yeah. like it's because, like, because people, so many people with RPGs have that kind of thing of they, they carry, they, they don't shake that level one mindset of I've got to steal even this great, I even when I'm like a king of the yeah. Lord. Yeah, I'm still going to rob these peasants because a gold is a gold. And I yeah. think, like, you know, you're not going to shake that from players' heads, so just give us ways to loot easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, For yourself, what, what have you... Oh, well, I, I have an amazing interrupt. transition. Yeah. One Sorry. game where you loot a lot of trash is Starfield. Oh, uh, nice. The game does a weird thing where it does the thing that Fallout 4 did, where you can pick up any object, basically. Pants, sandals, uh, books that have nothing written in them, uh, tablets, uh, plates, anything. And in Fallout 4, you had a system where you could convert all the trash into resources. Yes, for your that, camp, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and like the the general like customization stuff for weapons yeah. and shit. And I'm fa- so like that was quite cool. I was like, oh, I need free screws. So I like picked up a ventilator, uh, like a fan in in, in in like some random office building. And was like, oh, that's that's the material I needed. And stuff it doesn't have any of that, I think, as far as I've seen. So I have no idea why I can pick up like a million pens. Except for those cool videos, yeah. I'm sure you've seen one of them, where someone put like 10,000 potatoes. Yeah, that's why. Or they filled sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've, I've been playing some more Starfield, and uh, I had a pretty cool experience where, I mean, I'm kind of tired of the game, even though I am enjoying it. I, I took a little break, because like just the first week of playing it, I like really played a lot without much of a break, and I was like, okay. I'm kind of I, I need I need a breather, but and you summed up why last week. Long time listener, first time caller, Callum did uh, say he agreed with your statements <laughs> on the game. Um, but yeah, I uh, the last session or two sessions were really cool because I ended up more accidentally stumbling into three really cool side quests back to back. In a way, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted from the game. I wanted like some good writing, some interesting um, stories, some. Um, cool like mission design and there were like two really cool ones uh but the one i need to talk about because i thought it was excellent yeah please do i'd like to hear some more like, <laughs> i'd like to hear about one of the really good quests so this was this was quite weird I, I think i talked about this last week where if you walk around the city for example and you just overhear people talk you get a so-called activity in your quest log and so we're just like do this thing and in this case it was someone talked about a planet called paradiso so i got a quest like go to paradiso and I did, and I um, like jumped there with my ship, and then got a call like, "Hey, we need help or something. Please come down." And you meet like some security officer, and he's like, "Hey, man, there's like this weird ship in our orbit, and we've never seen anything like it. It looks weird. When we try to talk to it, there are only strange sounds coming out, and we're scared, and we don't know what to do, and we don't want to cause a diplomatic incident or whatever. So we need like an independent person to come check it out." And you're like, "Yeah, sure, I'll check it out." So you fly back up into the orbit, you see this weird spaceship, unlike anything you've ever seen in the game. And you try to talk with it, you just get weird noises, and then you board it. And people are like, oh, what is this, weird aliens? Like, I, I, we don't know. It's like, it's, it's a complete mystery. So you board it, and you're greeted by humans. And um, it's, uh, you talk to the captain of the ship, and it turns out that this was an old human colony who was sent... 200 years ago to this planet oh. uh, with like outdated uh, technology that's cool like cut off from the rest of it yeah. like, for like the was it the expanse I can't remember there's some show like that that was a good sci-fi show that's awesome but it's uh, it was really cool so like they were sent like 200 years ago to this exact planet 
And in that time, technology around them has like overtaken them. So by the time they were still on this one journey, like warp drives and everything were like invented and people colonized the entire universe, right? And they have no idea because they were just on the ship and it, um, it's a generational ship. So like, I think four or five generations of people have just lived on the ship. So you meet like the fifth uh, descendant of the captain family. And she's like, yeah, we've just lived here and we have no idea what's going on. And we were sent here uh, years ago and it was so cool, like yeah. such a cool idea. I'm, I'm sure that has been That's done an before. That's awesome... Uh, this kind of thing, there's been versions, yeah. but, but they, it's a really interesting concept. Like, this kind of time capsule of a yeah. society. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm glad that the game then lets you also, like, explore the ship and talk to the people, and they all yeah. have, like, different things to say about, like, how it was um, to be living there, how society was when they left 200 years ago, yeah. and, and, and stuff like that, and experiencing this, like, really isolated community in space... Uh, was really cool and really yeah. well done. And that was like one of the first moments where I was genuinely like excited and like I wanted to explore. So you were kind of just talking to people not to finish an exclamation exactly. mark or a quest, but just because you were intrigued because I wanted by it. To. Yeah. It was cool and they had like old time. That's the best quest design. That yeah. sounds really cool, actually. And there, there, there was quest. like a lot of neat details of like them having um, old school guns, like just pump guns oh, and stuff okay. like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was, that was really, really cool. I still kind of was not entirely happy how the how the uh, mission ended because it was just a little sudden but it is cool because you go down them uh like they claim that they they want to set not just settle on the planet but they want to have the whole planet because they <laughs> they say that's like their their right basically yeah uh, 200 years ago they 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 put a claim in we want this planet but now obviously that's like this whole like tourist industry business uh, um that's why the place is called paradiso okay it's basically like uh Tropical island in space. Yeah. Um, so you go down, you talk to the corporate head of uh, this resort, and he's like, I don't know, man, fuck these guys, just get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. He even suggests, yeah. like, I got customers coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, it's really funny. You enter this like board meeting, and like, yeah. you enter this like, corporate building, and I was like, oh, there's this really important board meeting and then you enter it's just free people and you can literally ask them like wait your entire board's just free people yeah and they're all like really weird uh and and all that stuff is like really um well written like in a, in a really fun way uh the the main guy even suggests like oh you know you could like make them disappear <laughs> uh, and you get like multiple ways to deal with the situation and i uh, opted into like okay i'm gonna buy them like one of those drives that normal spaceships use and then they can just fly wherever they want okay because they're like stuck there they don't have yeah, yeah. Like, their their machinery stuff. a good a good middle ground i'm sorry i can't give you the planet but i can give you this yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were literally like we want the entire planet and we will fight for it and i'm like whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. fight for it with what a pump gun <laughs> yeah yeah come on down um, and that was cool. And then the guy was like, yeah, okay, if you want to do this, go go to that guy. He's like the best engineer in the world. And like, okay. And he's like, yeah, I can do this for like 30,000 credits. Like, for, for, Jesus. And then you have to like talk him down. And yeah. uh, like the, 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 the entire thing was so much fun. Like easily the best thing I experienced in this game. Yeah. And it was really cool. And then uh, like I, I found some smaller side quests that were also really neat. Um, there was one where you find... Um, you can find this on any random you can on, on any random spacer that's like one of the evil factions in the game. It's literally just space pirates. Uh, you can find a note. Or it's like randomly generated. It could be any any of them. It's talking about some um hidden outpost. And you go there and it turns out it's the outpost of someone called Demantus, 
who's basically like space Batman. Okay. It's like it's like a vigilante type. That's cool. And it's a thing that's also like uh, you, read, yeah. you read their notes, and it's like uh, they've taken the the mantle from someone else, and they're trying to um, like have their son be the next mantis but the son told the spaces about the outpost so that's why they're there uh, also really cool story that's very bethesda some family infighting yeah. yeah yeah and at the end you get the mantis spaceship and the uh, costume oh that's cool and, that's yeah. a cool reward cool so, quest so i'm having i'm having uh, a lot of fun with that stuff and it kind of makes me confused though because while i agree with still agree with what i said last time and what other people said that you should focus on the main quest uh, the main quest has also been quite boring. Um, so, but like, it's 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 really hard to find like a good mixture yeah. in the game of like how much do I focus on that? I think now that I've basically unlocked, I think every system in the game, I might try to branch out a little more. Okay. Because like these experiences have been really fun. So maybe just sort of take your own time yeah. now. Go find the fun side quests. But also, a lot of people said that like because the game is new game plus. Um, because for story reasons, which I know, uh, but shan't spoil, uh, it makes sense that you finish the story and then basically start over again. Some sort of sci-fi shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people said to do this, like do the main quest and then start your side questing, exploring stuff in New Game Plus. But it's like, who has the time? <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, like Starfield still uh, fairly mixed like there's still there's a lot of good stuff in this game and i'm really glad to have also finally experienced some like good quest design and writing which is the thing i've barely missed i've, I've like desperately missed um but yeah that's 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 my update in starfield i'm i'm sure we'll come back to this game yeah eventually. maybe uh maybe around christmas or something we could do i'm sure actually we get to the game of the year it'd be worth taking a bit longer to speak about yeah. the nominees or the big the big six whatever they are yeah uh, and I need to just talk again about Armored Core just for one minute. Yeah, fine. I yeah, also yeah. played Armored Core, and you were right, John. I ended up playing more Armored Core and Starfield because I just love this game so much, and I love it more and more. I finished New Game Plus, fantastic. I think I said this last time. You get like new missions. You have two endings, um, and you you have like different paths you, you, throughout the entire throughout the entire campaign. You have like I don't know a handful of uh, decision missions they're called where like you have to choose one and then the other one you can only do in your second playthrough which was really fun to experience and now i've started new game plus plus and it's 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 completely insane it's like <laughs> it's like basically an entirely new storyline that you're experiencing like most of the fundamentals are still there but it feels like a new campaign in a way that's like like i'm now almost 60 hours into this game and i'm getting basically a new campaign it's like I, lo I love it so much and it's really fantastic um, what what they do to change up the story and stuff so still loving Armored Core very much nice such a, such a shame it, it came out in the same year Zelda yeah. I would love to be like this is my game of the year but I can't um, but yeah get <laughs> you're contractually obliged I'm contractually <laughs> I, I sold my soul to Nintendo so I can't do it but please everyone play Armored Core 6 it's fucking incredible you never know it could maybe make it onto a uh, could maybe make it onto the nominees six spots there we know maybe. Zelda's got a place maybe but there's it still five slots to fill and it is from software and it was a big success the game so we'll see we'll see okay. I, I hope for it yeah but yeah that was the games we played I think still and we still I think over the next few weeks it'll be the same kind of thing of us just enjoying the stuff that's here yeah maybe dip into Lives of P for a bit and then 
start strong with October with some new games. I'll definitely check out Lies of P, but yeah, otherwise I will probably continue playing these two games. I kind of want to finish Armor Core this week just so I'm done with it. Yeah. Because, like, you need to kill your darlings eventually, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I can't keep playing Armor Core for like another month or so, even though I would love to. Uh, but Starfield, I'll definitely keep chipping away and then like um, towards the end of the year, I'll give like my full verdict once okay. I've game with you. I like it. Shall we go on to the news? Should we go to the news? Yes, I'll just quickly. Uh, yep, yeah. well, that sounds good. Should we start? Where should we start? We've got, uh, should we start with the biggest thing, I think, which is the thing you mentioned from... Um, the, the, the first one on the, the list. The first one on the list. Yes. So this was really interesting. Um, so in late August, uh, Gamescom happened as, as every year. And, and if you don't know overseas, Gamescon is set in Germany, where we are now, set in Cologne, and it's yeah. now the biggest uh, in-person event now that EA is sad, E3 is sadly dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think generally, like, the biggest gaming expo in the world now. Um, and one big surprise there was that uh, Nintendo was present, which everyone was surprised by, because uh, they haven't been at the show for years. And they didn't do, like, a, they, they weren't really part of the big live stream show. They... they didn't really have anything to announce. I think you could play Mario Wonder there, I'm not sure. But uh, immediately people were having all kinds of rumors. Um, very very, uh, very quickly after the show, the first rumor popped up saying that Nintendo showed the Switch 2 at Gamescom. And a few days later, like a few days ago now, uh, this was once again claimed by Eurogamer and VGC and a, uh, I think, Latin American outlet called, yeah, Universo Nintendo, who have also previously leaked some Nintendo stuff. Did they say in the leaks how it was... Um, I suppose they would have probably reached out to a certain number of publications, given them a pass to go into a special area at yeah. the event. In my mind, which was so stupid, I was imagining it as that sort of from Nintendo. Oi. Just like... Do you want to see the Switch? Yeah, you want to see the Switch? It opens a yeah, side coat. Yeah. He's got the Switch in there. Yeah. Um, the only thing I've heard is that it was a very select group of people. Um, obviously, I, I'm a big fan of Digital Foundry, who, if you don't know, do like these very in-depth um, technical analysis of games. And um, they've also talked a lot about all kinds of games and, of course, about Switch games as well. And everyone immediately was like bombarding them, like, did you guys see the Switch too? Because if there's anyone you would show a new piece of tech to, it would be those guys. And they were immediately like, no. And after the rumors came out, or the reports came out, they were also like, no. Because they're part of Eurogamer, so yeah. it would make sense yeah. to at least say something. But also, they're under, and if they are, they would be under NDA. But yeah, I heard there was like a very small select group of, I don't know, Maybe it was people. even like an off-site thing. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, those details are not quite clear, but according to the reports, um, there were mainly two things shown. One was like, uh, also... Uh, important to know uh, note immediately before we start talking about anything is that what they saw wasn't like finished hardware they it was described as target hardware meaning it was like a prototype composed of things that are supposed to end up in the switch 2 but the actual design of the machine that we will yeah. end up having is not fully done yet. So it's more like take component from here, here, yeah. get almost like a bespoke model put together by the nerds in the lab yeah. and then start making our own components yeah. when we need to. Exactly. And uh, we heard about two things. One of them was a souped up, in quotes, uh, version of Breath of the Wild, which we didn't hear too many details about. 
but not TSK, so Breath of the Wild, the 2016 Breath game. It was okay. said to be Breath of the Wild. Okay, like a kind of remaster for the Switch 2? Um, supposedly. I mean, it was it was always in the reports talked about as a tech demo, not as like, this is definitely like <laughs> yeah, a remaster yeah. that we will definitely get. And also there weren't any like technical details shared. So, I mean, the exciting thing would obviously be having that game and also Tears of the Kingdom in 60 FPS and more than 480p. <laughs> Um, which this probably was, uh, but yeah, this this is all we know about. The other thing was very exciting to me because it was claimed that uh, people were shown the Ma- the Matrix Unreal Engine Five demo, which if people don't remember, came out in twenty twenty one or December twenty twenty or like early twenty twenty one to showcase like Unreal Engine Five on um, the current gen consoles, PS Five and Xbox yeah. Series X, and it was like. These like random scenes, you flying around the Matrix City. I remember, uh, yes. Keanu yeah. Reeves looking very detailed. I remember actually at that period, there was a whole swathe of UE. Oh my God, I'm really fast. Yeah. Can we change everything? Yeah. And like the, <laughs> Keanu's face was also all over the place. I loved it. I used it again in my article talking about this story. Nice. It's just so good. He looks so good. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like that is what they're aiming for with the Switch 2, which in a, in, on a level of like fidelity is, is was very surprising to me. Like seems much higher f- fidelity than, than I expected. And uh, we also heard that like the machine will be able to um, support ray tracing and use like, I mean, this has been rumored since the NVIDIA leak that they will use a special version of DLSS. Which to users at home, and I think yeah. the big thing what they're doing here seems to be that they're using uh, AI uh, programs to upscale what yeah. they've got so they need less powerful hardware because the software's yeah. doing the hard work for it, effectively. Which is an amazing technology that I use all and, the time. And a, and a really smart way to go yeah. with for Nintendo to invest, because research and development, they've probably spent you know, billions on this. But it's a really smart way to go for them, who's trying to capture the uh, portable handheld market. Yeah, is yeah. I, I think that's in, so. As we said when we talked about this this morning, it's just so much more infinitely um, more intelligent than Sony's uh, streaming. Basically, make the portable thing into a streaming yeah. device. I think this is much much cooler and exciting. Now, it being Nintendo, I know they're going to patent the shit out of even the smallest Everything. thing they do. Yeah, but I have high hopes for it taking the whole industry forward, even if it's. People can't directly use what they've yeah. um, invented. There's still going to be huge learnings from this, right? Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see the exact technical properties of this, especially if, it, if they are working with NVIDIA on their own thing, which I'm pretty sure they are. Nintendo can do that. Um, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world. I'm sure they are uh, working their asses off to, to, to get the best out of this. And I'm sure NVIDIA are being paid a, a very healthy, a very yeah. very handsome sum. But it's, it's exciting because, like, Literally up until the Switch, um, a new Nintendo console was always more focused on having some kind of new gimmick. Uh, and I don't mean gimmick in a uh, derogatory sense, necessarily. But it's something novel. It yeah. helps market and sell the product, right? You're absolutely right. Yeah, The Wii has the motion thing. Yeah. The Switch is the... Yeah. You, you can dock it or take it with, with you kind of thing. And if if this if the Switch 2 ends up being what it is, especially now after these reports shaping up to be, which is basically just a... Not just a stronger version of the Switch, original Switch, but like also one that can, at least to some degree, compete with PS5 and Xbox Series. Um, that'd be a very new thing for Nintendo to be like, okay, we're we're um, uh, we're we're sticking closer to what the 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 other manufacturers are doing, what the current hardware 
market is is doing and also we're we're just like upgrading something that we've already done instead of trying to reinvent the wheel once yeah. again which is super exciting and like yeah i i i am super interested to see i mean it's it's slated to come out next year probably second half of next year at some point probably around christmas i would assume would make sense get those deals November, get those sales yeah. yeah something like that and yeah I, I i presume maybe with a kind of some kind of breath of the wild or breath of the wild plus totk launch edition yeah there, thing. Were, there was some talking about what what kind of games could be um the the like um, um the, the launch titles uh there was talk of like the final fantasy 7 remake being there maybe at launch uh and rumors but I don't think they were very substantial of like a new 3D Mario game, um, which would make sense. Like, good way to show off the 60 frames. And sort of like something, uh, having something huge like Breath of the Wild, which I mean for a while was like the only real big game on on the on the console. Having that with launch obviously helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 that that uh, the in terms of games uh, we didn't hear that many concrete things yet. I think the Final Fantasy one is maybe the most substantial that we had so far. Yeah, I think the uh, direction's a really smart one to actually focus <laughs> on. Stay with the Switch as the, yeah. you know, to, again, to use the word gimmick, but I, I, like here, yeah, I'm not using it derogatory. I think the whole Switch thing, clearly, is popular. People want it. Like, it's sold incredibly well. I think it's actually quite smart now to just try and improve what's in it. And I wonder whether they might even uh, make sort of change, not, uh, changes that feel like going not going backward i'm trying to find a positive way to say this but i'm thinking of maybe it maybe even makes sense for them to focus less on this thing if you can dock it or have it yeah. handheld because like, they've probably got the metadata on millions of users now i'd be so interested to see what their numbers are yeah. on what people how many people actually dock played docked what percentage is that and how many people were just using it exclusively as a handheld i i have only exclusively used it as a handheld i'm, like, I'm sure there are i'm sure a vast ones. majority of users are just like you yeah. so i wonder whether they even think about pulling away from that side of it and just or focus on giving it an, like the best handheld or maybe making multiple editions like a few years after the yeah. original came out they uh sold the switch light which you can't Dock. Yeah, so, or you, they could do like yeah. the PS5 that had the disk drive and the non-disk drive. You could yep. even do one that can be docked, one that couldn't. Because I'm sure if it means saving a hundred dollars or fifty dollars or whatever, there's probably, as you say, like you, yeah. millions of people that would get the. I, I just want to have this as my handheld. Yeah. I've got my gaming PC. I've got my other console, whatever, for sitting down. Yeah, for sure. Um, th this will be definitely very, very exciting uh, to to look at and, and see where this goes it'll be the biggest thing next year unless gta 6 comes out yeah but that's i yeah yeah, yeah. Quite highly unlikely i would say yeah there's a possibility i i don't think we'll see gta next year but we will definitely get the switch to more like 25 so. i think you're right especially after the big hack but it would be i i would love to see <laughs> gta 6 next year uh well you know you won't get that, but you will get something else exciting next year, John. What will I get? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, actually, exciting. actually exciting, yes. Actually, yeah, yeah. Potentially exciting. Uh, we're getting a new Assassin's Creed. Big surprise. Um, and this one will be the one in Japan, currently uh, codenamed Red. Codenamed Red. And we were talking about this this morning as well. It's like Pokemon, isn't it? Okay, this is yeah. Red. Not Sapphire or Diamond, no. I thought there was a joke. In, the show, in our like internal show notes, John... 
wrote down Assassin's Creed Emerald or whatever. Cause, yeah. Because we talked about the end, like, One the jade. jade. And... Isn't one another precious stone? It, it's not important. Anyway, red is the console one next year set in feudal ne- Japan. Uh, current gen exclusive uh, set in Japan. And we just got a leak from Inside the Gaming, um, Tom Henderson's operation over there, uh, uh, um, including some details about the game. Um, it looks like we will get two characters again, like we did in Syndicate. Um, if you have you played that one? Yes, the in London, London one. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. the uh, one in London. I had to get it. It's a shame. It was of terrible. Course, of course. Uh, um, yes, it was all right. I had my issues with it. Yeah, I think I was just tired with their format by that time. But yeah, you had this thing in that one with Jacob and Evie, and you yeah. could pick either for... Well, for missions, it was chosen for you, but outside of missions, free yeah. roam, you could have either. And she was more slight, more stealthy, more yeah. feline, and he was more of a big, muscly brawler. Classic. Yeah, <laughs> a classic combination. Always works well. And it looks like they're leaning more heavily into that again. Because uh, you'll be able to play a samurai, ma- male samurai, and a female shinobi. According to the report, uh, Samurai will be based on uh, Yasuke, who was the first um, African Samurai. Um, there's an there's an awesome uh, Netflix show about him, like an anime, which oh, I, really? I like. It's really, really okay. good. Yeah. Um, and we didn't get too many more, uh, uh, any more character details on the Shinobi, but the gameplay is set to differ a lot because obviously Samurai will be a lot more action-focused and the Shinobi will be more stealth-focused. Including some, uh, and I'm quoting the report here, um, I, uh, elements from Splinter Cell. So she'll be focused on hiding in the dark. Uh, she'll be able to take out lights and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I really hope, like, it would be so cool to finally have an Assassin's Creed game with a good stealth system. Yeah, as you joined about this morning, after, what is it now? God, like, 15 years yeah. of an Assassin's Creed. And it's never really had any depth of stealth gameplay. No, like you zero. can't really hide or do any stealthy. The most they've ever had is hide in a bale of hay. Yeah. That's all they've had. It's never been even close to Splinter. But it'd be, I think yeah. it would be um, really refreshing from a gameplay experience to have that because the brawler excites me much less I've stood in a group of guys as the assassin and waited to press counter yeah. for 15 years a stealth thing would actually be different and new and interest me yeah and like the the kind of variety of that could be really fun I yeah think. and you could kind of have your cake and eat it right like all, all the Assassin's Creed fans will have something they'll like yeah and, and what a setting right this is the yeah. one people have been saying about since the beginning Since why aren't won, we yeah. in feudal Japan yeah. this is an assassin game and I, I, I really hope it will be good. I mean, Ghost of Tsushima was, was great, but it wasn't quite... It was obviously very um, influenced by Assassin's Creed, but more the, like, open-world nature of it and, and stuff like that. I think having actual, like, Assassin's Creed gameplay... Uh, and, and I mean both the, the fighting, which is fine, especially in the most recent ones where they uh, tried to copy Dark Souls a bit. It, it was it was it was okay. I have if if they if they get like a good stealth system, no, great, it's like, yeah. it sounds it sounds like it could be really fun. Um, there were some more details. Uh, one that really stuck out to me is that um, it, uh, the report talks about the game having destructible environments, which uh, people should not go crazy with. It's not no. going to be like you're going to blow up temples and shit. But yes, yeah. Like when you uh, when you run havoc, you will like destroy doors and 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 like destroy doors. And I expect there'll be a few set pieces in the campaign with like. You could blow down the bridge by putting yeah. this here, or you could do that, and it's a very arranged thing. But that's fine. I don't go yeah. to those games with destruction. Do we think you mentioned open world there earlier? Do we think, or did the wording of the uh, Ubisoft XX suggest that this was 
open world, big RPG, Valhalla style. Yes. Okay, so we're not doing the Mirage thing of no, um, 15 hours, tight, linear. We're going back to the big world. I don't remember if this is official word or if this is just how the game is always talked about, but when it was announced, it was already like, yeah, this is like their next big RPG-like okay. title. Okay. Um, it's obviously going to move away from this uh, big trilogy that we just had to, in some degree because... As, uh, it needs to. There's, yeah. there's no way this can be another Valhalla, but it's maybe so well. big. Valhalla is so <laughs> absurdly. And you know, it's one of the things where that doesn't excite me. Yeah. Like with some RPGs, I'm like, you won't believe how big it is, bro. Yeah. It's like two times the size of Red Dead. With Valhalla, it's like, oh god. When I saw the regions, I have to cross eventually. Yeah. It's like I think about it and I'm tired. You know, like I want to nap. Uh, yeah. Which is why I never played Valhalla because I, I I did everything in Origins. And it took me like 80 hours. Oh, my word. And I was like, wow, I had a lot of fun with this, and I'm done. Valhalla took me 120 hours to get every region and complete the campaign, and that was without doing much side content, which is an absurd amount of time to just waste in an AC game. But it was set in England, so I could go to, like, to. the young, the old Croydon, or whatever they called it then, yeah. Yeah, uh, pop it to York. Yeah, uh, pop it to York. The wall that's still there. That uh, York like, actually was fucking sick in that yeah. game. I'll, I'll give them that actually. To be no, fair. I checked out and York. Somerset, Somerset was jokes. Uh, I, I I looked at videos of York because my girlfriend used to live there, yeah. so it was fun. A anyway, um, this this will be interesting. I think. Um, I really hope they don't overdo it again. But like with two characters, Japan is a setting. Yeah, <clears throat> it's all set up to be good. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. This uh, this definitely got me get me more excited for it. And I want to see Ubisoft succeed. It's not like EA where they've got that foot money coming in, so I can say what I want. And like, not yep. not suggesting here for even a second that like I would have any influence on it. No. But what I'm saying is like, if there is a company doing well, I don't feel any guilt for like having a go at them. But whereas with Ubisoft, like because things have been going so bad for so long, and there's the <laughs> skull and bones thing we talked about earlier, I've reached a point where I'm no longer upset or disappointed that they don't make the games they yeah. used to love. I just want to see them do well it's again sad. It's I want to see them come back yeah. and be good and yeah, yeah offer some alternative but it became such a thing that they became kind of trite and repetitive and they would do the year on year and always copy the same boring open world structure yeah with so, like yeah. Uh, the Assassin's Creed 2 trilogy and Far Cry 3 all within like a few years like yeah. that ruined <laughs> uh, any Absolutely kind of innovation yeah. Um, but yeah it looks like um, I don't know if I already said this Holiday 2024 is the targeted release date. It's not set in stone yet, but that's when they want to get this thing out. I think that or like, uh, I don't know, something like first half of 2025 at the latest. I, I April mean, or something. It, if it's a packed year, I wouldn't mind getting an AC game in that January, February window yeah. that's normally quite empty. But yeah, um, two really exciting leaks slash insider reports. John, we have... One more, one more thing bit to talk of news, about. a bit of sad news. Well, it depends if you think it's sad. So we've there's mentioned some sad the, stuff there's here. some <laughs> sad stuff for sure. We've mentioned the Embracer Group a few times on the show, and it's like I've always we've just said it's the Swedish ten cent, but that's a bit uh, obtuse even if you're not like too familiar. Whatever. Uh, so just to run it down, in the Embracer, I did a little bit of research for the show just to get us in a good space for this talk because there's a few things that have happened with them. So it's a huge player in the industry. It started in the 90s in Sweden as a brick-and-mortar store that do just, you know, the old game stores we grew up loving, game, game yeah. store, whatever. Um, and it became big in the 90s. Then in the 2000s, they were big enough that they started to actually invest in games. And their original plan was that they would invest in games that were trying to fill a niche. So they did 
did like one of Nintendo's first karaoke games because at the time mm. it was PlayStation that owned that market. Um, so they were trying to find innovations like this. And it really paid off and they continued to grow and get a huge amount of money such that by the mid-2010s, um, they had so much money that they were thinking of becoming something even bigger. The huge conglomerate which would own smaller publishers who themselves would own even smaller publishers and studios. So the head of this giant web of gaming companies. Um, and that's what they started to do in 2018. That's when they rebranded from... They were originally called Nordic Games, then they changed to the Embracer Group. Um, and they became, as I say, with all this uh, venture capitalist money, they became this massive group. And since 2019, uh, at that point, their stock was about 250 a share. And at that point, they started to go crazy yeah. with spending. Um, they bought so many things. You go on their Wikipedia and you go on their list of publishers and studios, <laughs> and it's just pages and pages of what you, they you, own. You name a random IP that's in your head right now, there's a good chance that they own it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and uh, even entertainment stuff. Like we spoke on the pod recently about how Lord of the Rings, they did like one of the biggest deals ever, like Amazon level, to yeah. get access to that work and those characters so that they could do standalone games about Gandalf for Aragorn which is oh, the kind of money that would make you sweat yeah, like huge they, amounts they, they bought the Tomb Raider I mean they bought like um, what are they called they were called Idols uh, they were called sorry like the developer that made Tomb Raider yes. SX, um, um, not they, they, were called, they used to be called Idols yeah. in Montreal uh, they were part of Square Enix and they just bought Deus Ex and Tomb Raider and like the I don't know how many people it was like two hundred um, people strong studio that made these games. Yeah, uh, and it was like a footnote in in in, 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 their, in their requirements. It yeah, was like just a couple hundred million euros just spent again nothing yeah. for them. Yeah, huge amounts. So um, yeah, so as we say, since twenty nineteen, <laughs> they've been buying loads. It seemed like this was going to be like the big new people that everyone would look to, and you've got that hope as a fan that they buy your struggling studio and help out, um, and that was that was the hope that they'd be good. So. Back in May of this year, a big deal fell through for $2 billion, and their stock price plummeted since then. We didn't realise, but we found out since, it was with the Savvy Gaming Group, which is basically just a Saudi-backed... Uh, it's, the, it's the Saudi state fund, their thing to get into esports. The PIF. By, the PIF, exactly. Is to, they're, they're, they're sort of front on the international market is the Savvy Gaming Group. That deal fell through, so they didn't get this amazing $2 billion cash injection they were hoping for. And then things started to look a little bit worse and worse. So in August, actually, didn't they cover it? By doing it on the exact, we spoke about this, they covered yeah. the closing of Volition by timing it. With the embargo drop of Starfield. Yes, yeah, like, the embargo drop of Starfield. And they minute timed it to try and cover. Yeah. Uh, while all eyes were turned elsewhere, they shut down one of their bigger um, studios, Volition, who makes Saints Row. Yeah. Now, the and current Saints Row wasn't good, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, but they've been around for like 30 years. It was it was a tragedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah no matter what it says about the most recent um, Saints Row. And then just today, on the day of filming, news came out a few hours ago from Reuters that they were looking to sell Gearbox, which is another big studio, and Gearbox do... What's really big that Gearbox do? Uh, Borderlands. They Borderlands. became famous with Borderlands, and they've become a publisher in their own right. Yes, they own um, smaller so studios, they? So they acquired the, they? the whole shebang. Okay. For like, uh, what was it that they paid? Like 1.2, 1.4 billion yeah. euros, something like that. Insane money. Insane yeah. money. But it's the money they had back in yeah. the last four years. So they've been looking to sell them... So as of today when we recorded it, the share is back down to two pounds to two dollars fifty. So the same as it was before this big spending spending spree. So it's you know, 
at threat here, uh, we can't list all the publishers because it's just too many, but to name some of the big games, Little Nightmares, Goat Simulator, Destroy Humans, Time Splitters, Time Cop, Duke Nukem, Borderlands, Valheim, that's a big quite modern one, Deus Ex, Tomb Raider, the list goes on. There are all these games and publishers that are suddenly under this wing that we thought was protected that now the money seems to have dried up. No, well, there's two ways to look at it. There's two ways to look at it. There's the way that they would like people to look at it, which is just, oh, we just thought that Saints Row was bad and we thought that Gearbox's most recent games weren't up to our standard or it wasn't what we were after. So this is just the normal peaks and valleys of business and we're just selling off the parts that don't work. Don't worry, guys, we've yeah. still got all this money. Uh, for our long-term plans, because obviously we, as everyone else, thought that they had more of a 10 or 15-year plan. If you're going to spend this much and buy up like a significant share of an industry, yeah. it's weird to, within four years, suddenly have this fall apart. Uh, <laughs> fall apart. Um, so now we're in a very strange situation where there's lots of studios and publishers, lots of jo uh, jobs at risk, and lots of your favourite iconic game franchises that might sort of have that soft death where maybe someone buys the license and does nothing, nothing with it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and and we might not get those Lord of the Rings games, which is the real tragedy here. We <laughs> might not get the standalone Gandalf game. I mean, it, they both suck, but I think something like the Volition thing is 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 the worst possible outcome of conglomeration, right? You have this giant, giant. Um, I don't know even what the appropriate metaphor would be, but like. You have this huge snake, right? And the entire body moves according to the head. And even the this the 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 tiniest part of this of this giant construction suffers from whatever happens up there. And there are now so many players involved in this, which is which is incredibly they're all and they're all on incredibly shaky ground, right? Yeah. Because they now need to make up because that's how venture cap that's the risk of venture capitalism. Yeah. You you it's gambling, right? And you, when you gamble, you can lose. And they lost those that two billion that they planned with, basically, and now now they need to and quite quickly make that loss up somehow. Yeah, because like you know that's how it works. Like you 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 spend and spend and spend debts, loans, uh, guarantees, whatever, and then eventually you you hope that um, uh, you eventually get the money back. And if that doesn't happen, then you're fucked. No, um, yeah, and like. Having so many people involved will have so much, well, or can cause so much collateral damage, as you saw with Volition. Yeah. The developer has been on for 30 years. Like, how many studios can say that about themselves? Yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, okay, one, admittedly, not very good and uh, not very su successful game, and it's done, right? But it's, and it, also, it's, maybe, yeah. uh, uh, again, maybe it, it wouldn't even have mattered. Like, yeah. Saints Row could have been a success, and maybe it was a success. I don't know the numbers. Uh, and they probably still would have been close because um, Embrace needs to make up the, this two billion that they, I don't want to say lost, that they planned with and didn't get. It, it, it does seem like they were sort of gambling and they, yeah. they probably did some report. I bet there were at some points people making presentations in a room who realised they were lying about the possible success of... Because um, the games that they seem to have like now, 
that they're, I don't want to say blamed, but the reason that they seem to be closing some of these studios, like in Volition's case, it's easy, right, to say yeah. must be because Saints Row failed. Maybe they're expected to do well. But anyone could have told you back in 2016 that yeah. you knew the industry, even sort of not even intimately, that Saints Row could do well, but you shouldn't be expecting a GTA 6 here. Yeah. Like, this was not going to be a booming game. And I thought when they had all that money, as I say, that this was a really long-term plan. I yeah. thought they were thinking in a 10, 15-year yeah. uh, scale. So it just seems absurd to me. Yeah, exactly, because like none of the games that they own, as as great as, as some of these IPs are and as fantastic as some of these studios are, are like uh, among the biggest selling games I have ever been yeah. among them. I mean, culturally very important and, and successful games in their own right. But yeah, nothing like uh, th- there won't be there won't be a single game made by the, any of these studios that will make like, a sell like ten million copies or something. Yeah, this is and that was right. that's what's weird when you look back about their spending strategy. Yeah, because they bought up a lot of not quite indie uh, but uh, mid sized studios. So it seems yeah. weird that they were expecting that big return, but or maybe not. Maybe there's some other thinking on their side. But their spending strategy really seemed to be like they were be- going to become, you know, this divide and conquer with smaller games yeah. that would have you know, lesser funding and wouldn't sell as much. But the amount of money they spent buying up the studios, they could have lost like say thirty percent of this giant list they bought up and bought one really big kind of I don't want to say guarantee but you know yeah. the things that are too big to fail like like uh, Microsoft did with Activision say or they did with Bethesda yeah. like with Microsoft's approach is far more don't bother with the, well they well I don't say don't want to bother they have bought smaller things but their thing is very much we go for the big fish so to speak y- yes among other stuff like Microsoft's yeah. uh, um, portfolio is very diverse I mean they, they bought obviously Bethesda and are in the process of buying Activision but they also bought uh, Double Fine or, or people like that, right? Which which are which are fairly small studios, um, and it and and they can do it because Microsoft has like I don't know how many trillion, <laughs> yeah. literally trillions of dollars, um, you know, in their back pocket. They they're fine. They have they have safety and guarantees. Yeah. And Tencent, which is obviously like the big conglomerate maybe in the world, uh, world of gaming, um, has done all of this stuff over a long, long t- like Tencent has started ages ago. Yeah. Buying. A few percent here. That's what it is. Buying yeah. a little studio here. Eight percent, nine percent, ten percent here and there. Tencent yeah. owns like shares in Nintendo and Sony and yeah. Fun Software and all like all they own a hundred percent of Riot. Um, you know all kinds of they they have their little fingers yeah. everywhere, and that and you can do that over time, like I said, and embrace. <laughs> I mean, and all of this is is like to some degree really. Um, uh, reductive, right? Because we, we're not like financial experts. Yes, yeah. But, like, yeah. It's, it tried like uh, it looks like now. It looks like Embracer tried to speed run that process, being like we yeah. just inject like full on acquisition billions, by the mouth, billions yeah. in like loans, uh, like billions of dollar loans, and then we do the stuff Tencent did in twenty years in in five, and that is obviously very risky. And and the the people who are suffering are the people on the lowest level on yeah. the, the on the studio side. And that fucking sucks. And like, uh, like you also mentioned, it was there was there was an air of excitement to Bracer because they yeah. the, the type of games they acquired were like 
like games people would care about or like um and they were buying up licenses i thought like because they've got because they've got this like tea, this army of smaller studios and yeah. publishers they go to the entertainment they buy up say you know warner bros never gonna get rid of harry potter but lord of the rings and other yeah. things like that they take it back to their army and then they get the mobile game the indie yeah. game the big rpg and they yeah. start deploying them on these things but instead it was almost like no you can keep doing your thing oh that wasn't good sell you yeah it's like, it's a strange yeah. approach um but yeah yeah I don't know. Like I said, I think Volition would have been done anyway. Like Saints Row could have sold I don't know, eight million copies or something, and it would have been like, yeah, sorry, I got we gotta make two billion dollars somehow. Yeah, I, I'm sure they'll look for at least one point five billion dollars in gearbox because I, I heard they paid one point four. They might, you know, a hundred million here, there, whatever. Uh, they might, they might take a little hit on that, but th- that's like. I think uh, a part of the process of making up that money that they didn't get from from the PIF. Yeah. So, and to that end, I don't think it fucking matters what Metacritic Saints were had. Like, they could have cut them anyway. They they will keep cutting. Uh, they will keep uh, closing studios and stuff. And cost yeah, I, I think I think that is the takeaway. Sadly, this is negative news, but I think if yeah. if any of those games we listed. I think you've got to be really worried because they're they're skimming the fat to make up that lax PIF money. Yeah, and I I doubt Gearbox will be the last one that goes. No. I'm really really hoping though that I don't know why I'm hoping for the success of a global conglomerate, but I'm I'm hoping. You just say, want oh, Lord the Rings. Yeah, I do. This is so this is so short sighted. I really want them to do something with that license. Um. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like all. It feels all very up in the air right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure someone is working on something great there. We know that like, the, uh, let's say Idos portion is working on Tomb Raider, four, T, <laughs> like the the next Tomb Raider game. Yeah. Uh, there's stuff there in the development, but how that process will change now is, I don't know. I have no fucking clue. It's um, not. It's, yeah. I, I just don't have the um. Yeah, it's hard to be super hopeful. A lot of these franchises they have are stuff that are kind of past their best, right? But it's, like, cool because, like, they own THQ Nordic, right? Yeah, they do. And, like, THQ was always... That was interesting because THQ always was, like, the... uh, Like, a fun, cool brand. They always had, like, kind of a wacky assortment of of games. And uh, under Embracer, they started remastering some of those games, like... And and I'm talking about like destroy all humans, SpongeBob games, Kingdom Destroy of Humans is great. Yeah, like really cool games that obviously not like the as you the, say, very wacky. Yeah, not the best of the best. Like, uh, no SpongeBob game is ever gonna like set the world ablaze. But it's really they're really fun games yeah. that a lot of people love, and they did such a good job of like preserving those IPs and like um, bringing them out again. Like those remasters are supposed to be really great, and. Um, in 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 that area of the giant web, uh, there was a lot of positivity around that, right? And now it's like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I'm so scared. Yeah, you know, I'm scared for these people. If they're selling off uh, Saints Row, what help does Time Splitters remaster have? <laughs> oh, bring back Time Splitters. Anyway, Gearbox. Why is Gearbox so expensive? I mean, I know Borderlands is a big deal. I know Borderlands is like <coughs> arguably one of the most important game franchises of the. 2000s uh wow that's a very big claim when it can i can i narrow it down to 2010s because i do think those are very i mean they were in, incredibly successful but also like very important and yeah i think you say like, more culturally uh, important than commercially i think commercially as well though like big that's, but, that's you've got, but like 
when you put everything yeah. together, you, there's yeah. so many massive things. But there's stuff like the, the Bollands rights must be worth a lot because they're making a movie about it as well, right? Like yeah, with, that's true. Um, oh, so, isn't it Robert Rodriguez or something I like that? Um, and and I don't know what they're public. I know that they're publishing Hyperlight Breaker, uh, which is a fantastic uh, 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 um, the sequel to a very brilliant um, indie game. I don't know. I forgot what else. There was something I, I messaged him S- about. Certainly. Games. I don't know if he'll make up the Remnant. two billion we need. They but, published oh, Remnant 2. Oh, Remnant 2. Yeah, Damn, that's quite recent. Game. Okay, yeah. nice. So there's probably a lot of yeah. stuff like that. And But yeah, I, I don't know how this market stuff works. I don't know why a Bungie is worth 3 point something million to Sony and why a Gearbox is worth 1.4. I, I, I don't really know. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this will happen. Maybe not. I, I heard they need to make up that money until like end of this month. So I'm not quite sure if if that if will we happen. see some more things being sold. Um, but yeah, Embracer, it does feel like it's kind of crumbling. I hope this is just like one horrible. Uh, the sh- bad year. Uh, this was the down year, yeah. and then we see the growth curves rise again, 2024. Yeah, I don't care. Just give me time splitters and 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 like other cool games, and you get your Lord of the Rings. I'll get my Lord of the Rings. We will get our Embracer. Dream. Yeah, I will have my pound of arrow. Just like game. A, few, a few hundred people had to suffer for it, but like we. It's we, fine. It's fine. Yeah, I got to play as Gandalf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Embracer, weird, weird, weird thing. Weird thing. We'll keep an eye on it. I'm sure there'll yeah. be another big, um, big, big thing on that. In the I feel like. Month at least every two months probably every month there's like a weird interesting Embracer story so I'm, I'm yeah. sure it'll keep happening they're they are um, like uh, we, we're not necessarily covering that stuff too uh, extensively but like um, gaming and tech and uh, industry writers generally must fucking love them because they're such yeah. a like they just produce one incredible story. Lurk in the shadows and then make strange and like, inexplicable moves. You know? Yeah, it's 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 really weird and fascinating to to think, report, uh, think about the report on. Yeah. So I'm sure in like a month or two we'll talk about them again. I hope they time something again, like they try and get away with something. That was so rotten. Like I know it was, but let's keep an eye on all of their yeah. studios for uh, we're shutting down messages whenever the big embargo is dropped this month. You know what the horrible thing about that was? The, the, that date was uh, August 1st. 31st and not just that they uh, obviously tried to like hide the news which yeah. is so silly but also because uh, that was the day that they officially closed the studio uh, which meant that uh, all the people I think everyone in the studio immediately lost their health insurance because that's how the US works Yeah. so if they had waited for one more day they would have had at least the rest of September Yeah. but like that they were just like no, Cut but the, uh, that's where I bet the Embracer group has like a team who are like their firers. They're kind of their people to skim the fat who are sent around to these smaller studios like devils. Yeah. Uh, and have to kind of work out who can be fired like and what can reason. be sold. Yeah, literally. Oh, it's so, so bad. <laughs> anyway, John. Anyway, let's look onward and upward next week. We've got a few things for you guys. So, wow, today, this is a potential game of the year Crew Motorfest. Uh, obviously Look joking uh, <laughs> um, no I, I don't want to hate on I was just saying I don't want to hate on Ubisoft here and then I've just done it It's if you're into racing silly racing games the crew motor first is out today on you the should, day you're listening to this you should listen to uh, the Ubisoft presentation doing Summer Game yes. Fest and the guy who presented <laughs> this game one of the most 
lovable, enjoyable people I've ever seen on the stage. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So good. Did not give a shit. English was clearly not his first language. But just the uh, he sp- uh, every the word, care, the, like was carefree like, nature. But just uh, and the kind of luxury. Oh, no, no. Yeah, he has this really deep French accent, and yeah. it's kind of like treacle on his words. <laughs> so good. Driving across away. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this game is whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. Um, but next week we've got Lies of Lies P. Lies of P. I'm excited. Lies of P. Mortal Kombat One and Payday mm. Three. Mm. I heard terrible things about Payday Three today. Really, that's the shame. That was a Gamescom, right? Uh, yes, but there's a, there was also like a closed uh, yeah, close beta. beta or something. Yeah. And one of our colleagues played it and what said it was a disaster. Uh, that's if I'm thinking of the same person. That's someone who's a big fan of the previous yes. Paydays as well. So how's the uh, if your fa- if your main fans don't like it? Let, let's hope uh, there was just a bad uh, beta showing because it would be. I I I like that type of game a lot I I mean I played like an absurd amount of Payday 2 for a game that I would not consider liking that much yeah I played 50 hours or something because like the 4 player PvE co-op thing is, and they do it so well so I, I hope I hope it's good yeah I hope so I hope it's good enough that they don't get shut down at least and they can make <laughs> Payday 4 uh, yeah, but Lies of P.O.B I think uh, the one maybe some of you guys wouldn't have heard of at home but if you're into Souls you should check that one out I feel like at this point like I would love some sort of insider background report on this game because it's so weird. I think this is not necessarily the first... I, I did some research on the, uh, the development studio from South Korea and it's not like the f- very first game, but I think it's the first game on the scale. Uh, I think they did like much smaller things before. And like since day one, this game had such a huge presence on like in Gamescom. Uh, when I was at Gamescom, that was the biggest thing in the... There was, like, a big Xbox section yeah. where you could play tons of games, and this was the biggest... Wow. That had the biggest thing. And we were saying just earlier how the marketing, and like, all of my yep. socials and online, I'm seeing so much. I'm being pushed so much Lies of P stuff. Yeah. I think they really, really, really want to get the name out there because there's a few yep. people talking about it and more and more people are kind of aware of it, but it's still one of those games where I think the, the general gamer would be like, what? Yeah. They wouldn't, I don't think they'd recognize Lies of They're P. They're definitely putting a lot of money into the marketing and, and the game is shaping up to be great. I played the demo and I had a great time with it. Um, I was shocked how close it felt to Souls. Like, literally, the game feel, like, me moving my character. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Are you sure this is not secretly from software? Yeah. It's, not, it's not quite as high quality, but it's, like, almost there to a degree that was genuinely impressive. That's quite smart, though, right? Yeah. Even though you can call it reductive, there's now, like, a whole branch of gamers who are just into Souls and will yeah. play Souls-like games. And there's not really... I mean, lots of the Fallen I never played. Uh, the, the first one. Uh, and there's another one that's also called I Hate When Games Do This. Where like a new game in a series comes out. and Like Call of Duty, right? Yeah, yeah. We now have the two trilogies of games called Modern Warfare 1, 2, Yeah, three. yeah. And Lots of the Fallen is called Lots of the Fallen. There are two games called that. Anyway, sorry. The first one, I think, was very close to Souls. But like otherwise, all the like, Souls, like... Um, games that came out post Dark Souls, none of them were like, or like none of the ones that ended up being good uh, were like huge, so close to the original, right? So maybe that's sort of like a really smart approach where they're so brazen with it. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of, 
dumb in a smart way. Yeah, it's like in Aldi and Little where you see them try and uh, do the fake versions of brands you know, yeah. like uh, common things, whatever, yeah. big brands. And some of it's so close. There were these uh, like little little Nutella biscuits. I can't even And I thought it was the official brand the other day. And they're really so delicious. Close. Yeah, they taste just as good. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of that, which, yeah. is, which is fine. Like, and the thing is you need to be able to pull it off, right? Like if you try to like, and I, I'm sure plenty of games have tried that and just haven't stuck in my memory because they're rubbish. Yeah, you can immediately run them off as yeah. a, we've got souls at home. And they have the Pinocchio thing, which just like immediately gives it a weird, unique uh, But quite taste. a compelling little twist, I yeah. think, there, yeah. And he looks like Timothy Chalamet. There's so much going on. Anyway, I will definitely play this game. It comes out, I think, September 15th for uh, people pre-order and September 19th, uh, general release. I, f- I don't know which one of these is Game Pass. I think... Probably, probably, the the, probably the standard release. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, having a game like this day one on Game Pass is obviously a huge win. Like, that will get a lot of people in. Yeah. So yeah, I, I will definitely be checking that out if I'm done with Armored Core. Nice, nice. <laughs> I will I will maybe check it out. I'll see yeah. if I'm still as... Uh, I'll probably see just how my Baldur's Gate addiction is. <laughs> but, but I frankly, can't believe you are in Baldur's Gate on your second playthrough, like in the city. I have almost 200 hours now across oh, my various uh, playthroughs. Shit. How much are you in your second one? Uh, the second one I'm doing much more substantial. So the first one I wrapped up quite quickly because I was so overwhelmed by the amount that was in the city. I was like, I'm going to focus on the story before the PS5 release. Uh, well, I did end up finishing it on PS5. But the second one, I'm taking more of an approach of I'm going to do loads of side content. I'm going to spend, like, in-game... Counting in long rests, I plan to spend months in Baldur's Gate before finishing. I want to get a lot of this shit done. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, How long did it take you for the first two acts? Because, like, I feel like act one alone, you could probably... If you do everything, if you do the Underdark and the Mountain Pass... Yeah, spend like 50 hours just in there. Yeah, you could spend easy 50 hours. So this one I was closer to like uh, about 35, 40 when I reached Act 3. But that's because I've done, through EA and stuff, I've done the Act 1 so much. Yeah. I can blast through that quite quickly. And I deliberately didn't do much of Act 2 this time uh, because I wanted to get to Act 3. That was good. Because it's almost like um, it was always going to, there's always going to be a setback, as much as I love this game, there's going to be a setback fatigue with a single playthrough where I'm going to want to start again. So I didn't want to spend ages in Act 1, ages in Act 2, and then get to Act 3 and be overwhelmed again. So I deliberately yeah. was quite quick with Act 2. Didn't do too many side quests. Do you know, and this is going to be my last tangential question, um, like, what is mandatory in Act 2? Because I feel like a lot of it seems kind of um, um, optional. Like, yeah. Because there, there's all there's all the stuff with the I forgot her name the the lady that cast the uh, the the, the dome detective over the, dome. Uh, have you did you? I talked to her and then we were attacked and she was almost um, uh, kidnapped. Yeah. And I feel like if I just hadn't talked to her, I could have avoided this whole thing. Did you <laughs> did you did you get to the point of realizing who she was? Yes, she's the daughter of the guy. I I yeah. am the lover of the song night song. We'll say here as well. Uh, yeah, um, act two spoilers. I'll if you're still listening, act two spoilers. <laughs> yes, she's, you can keep it in, but we'll just say Act 2 spoilers. She's the daughter of Catherine Thorne. When you get the only thing you need to do in Act 2 is kill Catherine Thorne. Yes. So you need to go to the Old Templar Shah, destroy his invulnerability, then so go you have kill to him. do that. Okay. Uh, I believe so. You might be able to fight him earlier, but no, I, I don't know actually. I, I've always assumed you yeah. need to get rid of his invulnerability. Yeah. Um, so, so you need to do that and then kill him, I think. What did you do? Because um, I went through the Gondolor Shah, found the Night Song. Yeah. And then uh, Shadowheart was like, 
bro, I need to kill her. Yeah. It's my destiny to kill her. Yeah. And I tried to persuade her, like, nah, she's such a good, we need yeah. her as an ally. She's so strong. And I failed my persuasion checks. I, like, re-rolled a couple yeah, times yeah. and I failed. And she was like, okay, then fight me, bro. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want to, but yeah. I have to. So I killed Shadowheart. So that's what, on my <laughs> first playthrough, I was playing is like a really dedicated, almost like the equivalent of like a Catholic church level militaristic <laughs> of just like a purely religious paladin cleric party for Saloon. So I killed Shah quite early in that. When I re when she, uh, when, when Shadowheart was like, I'm a worshipper of Shah, I did not suffer her to live. Oh, I wow. wasted her right then. The second playthrough, I dug into the story and I realised she was a Salooni who had been captured as a child. And oh, I I forgot that far. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. I will never find out. Okay, she's yeah. She, she was abducted as a child. Okay. She's met, she's like, yeah. it's all been in her head. And I was able to persuade her, no shadow heart, like, don't do this. And she becomes good and she turns to Saloon and you find her parents oh, uh, wow. who were her original parents. And then by the time you get to Boulder's Gate, she's become good and she has blonde hair at that point. She goes for a full makeover. I've seen that. And her original name is Jen, not uh, Shadow Heart. Wow, because yeah. I, I got to the point where um, she told me, like, oh, my first memory is that I woke up in this forest and the yeah. uh, um, worshippers of Shaw were there and took me in. Well, I already thought, I don't know about this. Yeah. Um, and I think what kind of ruined a little bit of my playthrough is that there was this one scene. Uh, I just went to camp and suddenly I'm in a cutscene. And it's Will dancing. Classic. And he wanted to dance with me. And I thought, okay, why not follow? I immediately told him, like, no. Yeah, yeah, no, no, This no is just business. a dance. I'm yeah. just having a bit of fun. And then I initiated a cutscene. We were, like, dancing, and suddenly he kisses me. <laughs> against my will. And I, I, was, I was not able to opt out. Yeah. And I immediately after told him, like, uh, I, don't want, I, I don't like you that way. I just want to be friends. But it ruined my relationships with everyone. Yeah. Because I was, I was trying to, to court Shadowheart. She was immediately, the, the morning after, she was like, I heard what happened. Yeah. We're we're just friends from now on. <laughs> and I'm wondering if that also like kind of prevented me from getting deeper into her story and prevented me from getting with Karlak. If it's it's easier to you get like lower DCs, it's easier to persuade Shadowheart to go to the side of good if you romance her, but on my most yeah. recent I persuade her and I wasn't. I was romancing Karlak. But the the um number you needed to get to was so it was like yeah. thirty or something. Yeah. So that's why I played my yeah. main character, I was Bard or Rogue, so that I run into the conversation you got the high career. My bar now has like plus eighteen to checks. I never, I would never do that because I could, I, I don't know if I could like in that conversation we had in the uh, with the night song. Yeah. Like I don't know, switch to a. You can't. You can't. It's the right. one you go in as. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. That was very unfortunate, but it was like one of those things that we talked about with this game, uh, which is so cool that like you you can just run with the consequences, right? Yeah. Like, I had to kill Shadowheart, and so I didn't have it in my party anymore. Who I was convinced until I met Carla, like, yeah, she's gonna be my wife. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, fucking had to kill her. <laughs> That's what the, the playthroughs have been great for, because it's so different. Like, yeah. Lazale, if you ever go back to it, one final thing, if you ever go back to it, or anyone that's listening and you want like a really different playthrough and you haven't picked up, I love all the companions and she's not my favorite. I think Carlac is, because Carlac's just incredible. But Shadowheart is an amazing story. Shadowheart is a really like deep story. But Lazale's story has yeah. so many ways it can go and it has so many big implications on the wider story of the game you're playing yeah. we, we, the sales we worth taking for that <coughs> we have a great guide on that on the side oh yeah we and do I'm losing my voice yeah yeah um but that 
quite deeply goes into all the different permutations with uh, Vlakiv, the yeah. uh, Kvyanki queen that you can have through Lizard's story. I only did the part where you meet the the soldiers. Yeah. And they're like fucking scary. And they have to drag in and they start attacking you. Yeah. And, and I was like, nah, fuck this, man. Yeah. I, I, fine, fine. I, I won't fuck with Gif. Yeah, yeah. It's also because I wanted to get for Act 1 and I already did the underdog. So I was like, let's just check it out for, for Lazel. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot do this. They're, they're too scary. So I, I didn't do it and I never even ran with her again. Yeah. And at some point she was like, we need to go to the crash. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, man, stop it. Stop. And, I, and I persuaded her. Yeah. <laughs> and I managed to persuade her. She's like, oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> like a little child. Anyway. She, like Shadowheart, becomes really awesome and I won't say lovable because she's always got her kind of base personality but she's one that really changes her personality in the course of it as well in a good way in a way that I'd say stick with it anyway can I fix all this mess I made with my relationships can I like tell Will like no not with some people some people have a very strict monogamy thing sadly I thought we were just literally as I told one of those friends I was playing with who I think was in a similar mistake and wanted to uh, get with Shadowheart on their first playthrough I I hate to tell you this but Someone who is also always available is Halson. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. I yeah. know. <laughs> he, he's making it quite apparent. Yeah. Um, Nature's gifts can be shared among us, friend. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to get with Karlak, but everyone does. Yeah. Anyway. Karlak goes on a date with you in Boulder's Gate if you're romancing her. She takes you out one night. I, I want to show you a place. And you go to like a restaurant and order and shit. Really? Yeah, I had like Roth ribs. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I can still do it. I went somewhere. Uh, that she's like open. So you can. So if you start with talking to her and being romantic, there's a point where before you can touch her body, where she goes, "I can wait. You have your fun, but I'll be waiting." She goes like that. So I think like, I had that. And then th- th- if her. you had her and you started romantic with her, you should be able to romance other people and get back to her. But I don't know exactly how because the pr- playthrough I was with yeah. her, I was like. I was so with her. I wouldn't even. I knew what Will was gonna do. It's just like a playthrough. So I had to be like, Will, shut up and go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Also, did you see um, um, that the horniness of the characters was a bug? Yeah, Gail in particular is like not meant to be as rapey. Yeah, he's not meant to be that rapey. With like with um, Lazella, kind of get it because she's like this wild warrior lady and she's like battling you. You know. I kind of get it and made sense, even though it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, I've met you three hours ago, and she's like, I need to have you. And I'm yeah. like, what are you on about? I can taste your flesh. It's sick. <laughs> but with, with Gail, I literally met him, and he was immediately like, I need to, I need to fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I don't need to see your magic trips. I know enough cantrips. Um, yeah. So that was really funny. That made Because that was a big talking point as well when the game came out. I saw so many tweets about that. Yeah. And I immediately noticed it as well. I was like, whoa, this is like, you guys are very aggressive. They've and opened then, up Minthara, by the way, as a uh, as a th- she was a th- yeah. she was a companion, but you couldn't yeah. romance her as well. They, that was, the bug made uh-huh. Gail less horny, but her more horny, so you can get to her romance plot. And apparently, her uh, the the love scene between the player character and Minthara is wild compared to the others. It's so funny thinking of even having her as a companion because yeah. in my playthrough, she was she was one hundred percent villain. Yeah, like, to a degree where I didn't even think you could get her into a party. Yeah, you must be. So 
such a son of a bitch. <laughs> you have to be. There's one. There's an amazing upvoted uh, post on the Reddit, which is like a, the, like a really long kind of classic. It's like one of those old things on Game FAQ written in just a text file of like a scrolling thousands yeah. of words of how to get Minthara without being evil. And you kind of just have to let stuff happen and turn the other way. Like, oh, what? That happened? Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a great tweet about uh, someone doing a dark urge playthrough and just failing all the ability checks. So. All the companions think they're a good guy, but they just suck at being evil. Yeah. Like, they just fail at everything. So That's I don't think they're Anyway, Baldur's Gate is fantastic. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was, that was a great little 15-minute uh, tangent. Um, we need to do, like, another... I don't know. Maybe we just do this privately, John. Where yeah. We just hang out and talk about just Baldur's talk Gate. Just talk about like Baldur's Gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I need to play it again. Anyway. This was it for today's episode, this week's episode of the Oregon Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'll probably cut this in before, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, like, yeah. the Ballscape thing is, like, a little extra at the end. Yeah, yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, please uh, rate and review. Give us five stars. It uh, helps us grow. We really appreciate it. Also, if you could share this episode to anyone who might be interested, that would be fantastic. And, yeah, come back next week when we talk about things such as Embracer closing free more studios and... Uh, <laughs> Me having played even more Armored Core. <laughs> no, we'll talk about other there'll things. Be, there'll be, there'll be, yeah, I don't expect... Yeah. There'll be Unless, some news. There's always news. Yeah. I will probably finish Armored Core 6, the true ending. And yeah. if, if it really blows my mind, I will have another minute on it. But I will not, like, talk about it. And, and I, Starfield, neither. I expect we'll start getting more leaks for the November leases, November October releases. Like, I'd like to see a bit more about Avatars of Frontier. Not that I'm personally interested, but... There's, there's, <laughs> uh, Frontiers, uh, Frontiers of Pandora. Frontiers of Pandora, yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I think that will be a cool game. Uh, what else is... God, I just remembered October again. There's too much. There's too much. We're we'll, due. We'll talk about it in the near future, uh, and uh, we hope that you'll be there to listen. Uh, thank you, and see you next week. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Can do a clink. Nice. Lovely. Yeah.